Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching today. Sometimes I get a little bit theologian type, and I want to teach you a little something today, but we're going to have fun. Stand to your feet. Let's go to the book of Matthew. I'm old-fashioned. I want you standing when we read the word. Matthew 26, verse 36. Are you there? You see it on the screen? Vamos. Then Jesus went to his disciples in a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over and pray. He took Peter and his two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face to the ground and he prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. May this reality, may this circumstance get away from me. Let it pass over me. Yet not I will. But Jesus said these powerful, changing words, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. He couldn't. You keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed, my father, if it's possible, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken from me, Unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back and he found them again sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and he went away once more and he prayed the third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come that the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of the sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Father, bless this word in our hearts. Help us to deliver it with power this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise and have a seat. While in Jerusalem a few years ago, the tour took us to a place called the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, the Garden of Gethsemane is no bigger than this room. I would think the Bible says it, Garden of Gethsemane. I'm thinking about like where the Pasadena Rose Parade, like that kind of garden that is acres and acres and acres and aisles and aisles and aisles of beautiful roses. No, no, no. Gethsemane is only this big. Jesus knew that his time had come. Jesus was very much aware with his purpose and how soon it was that he had to give his life 
for me. Oh, it was in that small garden that he has these conversations with these three or four guys that are following him called disciples. And one of the instances he says, you know what? Watch and pray, kids. Watch and pray, boys. Why? Because temptation is coming. And you will not be able to overcome if you're not watching or being aware and praying. But he takes his three sediments and he puts them into one. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. There's going to be times, there's going to be days when you know you're about to fulfill your purpose on this earth. And like Jesus, you're going to have to say, not my will, but let your will be done. Are you with me? Are you with me? Is this boring? Come on, let's go. Jesus knew his time was up. (coughs) Jesus knew his time was up. Many of you at times have found yourself in a place where you're about to say yes to the Lord, but reasoning talks you out of doing it. Some of you have been called to ministry, but you say, oh no, but how can I make a living doing ministry and the Lord is saying watch and pray because you will be tempted to keep in that job you will be tempted to continue doing that thing but what we need to say is not my will but let your will be done there may be times when you the Lord is telling you to change cities to change jobs to change situations Yet you find yourself asleep and comforted and not taking any action. But the moment is here, guys. The moment is here. You have got to draw the line in the sand and say, you know what? Not my will, but let your will be done. There's people in here that traveled, that that, that this is your first time here. Don't leave here asleep. Leave here committed, not my will, but let your will be done. There's some non-negotiables in scripture. Jesus found himself in a place to where he's trying to negotiate with God. Has any of you ever negotiated with God in one? I haven't. I've negotiated with God and I've come close and I almost convinced him, but no, he wins. Now, when I want to eat a certain type of food, I go to negotiations. I do. And a lot of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that I love to post food. Me encanta comer. And where we live, I can eat Mexican food, regional Mexican food, all kinds of Mexican food, all kinds of tacos. In fact, (laughs) Brother Checo, there's this place called La Curva. It's a taqueria. And what I like about that place is that they're chopping up these tacos and you can have bistec and you can have puerco and you can have mollejas and you can have tripitas. And there's a man over there, I don't even know, he knows what he's doing, but he's just chop, 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 chop. And right next to him is his mother and she's making tortillas de maíz. 
that will never touch hot oil because your tacos are served on a fresh made tortilla. Hasta hambre me da ahorita. I love food, as you can tell. I love to talk about food. I like to eat it. But there's times in our lives where we need to say no to food. And we need to say no to our interest. And we need to say no to our comforts. And we need to say, not my will, but let your will be there's some non-negotiables and I try to negotiate with Vanessa I don't always win but I do got skills the other day I talked her into let's go have some pescado and she says I no quiero pescado we eat pescado negotiation skills but every time you do that with the Lord you're not gonna win God has a plan for your life you have a purpose to fulfill you have a responsibility. Don't go to the grave with that book. Don't go to the grave not inventing that one thing. Don't go to your destiny of forever without depositing what God has placed in your heart. Some of you need to start a business. Some of you need to start a Bible study. Some of you need to do something that's beyond your comfort zone. Don't go to the grave without doing what you're supposed to do and say, not my will, but let your will be done. There's 10 statements found in Scripture that are non-negotiables. We call them the Ten Commandments. As a matter of fact, the first one says, I am the Lord thy God. Besides me, there is no other. I'm trying to use my God voice. <laughs> I am God. Beside me, there is no others. I saw the movie, The Ten Commandments. And then he says something like this. You will worship nobody else. You will adore nobody else. Why, I am the God. So this first commandment tells us what not to do. Don't worship anything else. Or oh, the next commandment says something like this. You will not take my name in vain. How many of you have ever used choice adult words that include the word God in it? The Bible says not to do that. Vanessa, did you hear me? You know, those adult words that we use, the word God in it, don't do that anymore. Why? It's the Bible says not to do that. It's a commandment. It's a non-negotiable. You can't go to him and say, you know what, this time I'm going to say it because that loser deserves it. Number three is this. And that is, you will keep the Sabbath holy. <coughs> Well, this morning at 4 a.m., the Sabbath started for me. I got up early, Rudy, and I started worshiping. I started seeking. I started looking, not for this, but for me. Why? The Sabbath is holy. Well, today, Vanessa and I will be on a car ride about five, four and a half hours if I drive, because I, I do drive a little faster. <laughs> Vanessa's a slow poke. So I'll drive, Mama. I've already made the decision. Non-negotiable. All right, so I'm going to get home. Why? Because i got to watch the Super Bowl tonight in my home. 
Pastor Brian knows about the couch I'm talking about. There's been many times when he has slept on that side of the couch and I've slept on this side of the couch and we lean back and we're supposed to be watching something on TV and we snooze. That's the couch I want to watch the game on. I do have a 7 a.m. tomorrow. That's business. Uh, uh, life continues tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for me. But I want to say this. The day of the Lord is holy. If you work on the day of the Lord, that's okay. God understands. But don't choose to work on the Sabbath. Okay? That's some free advice. Choose to be in the house of the Lord. If you bless the first day of the week, God will bless the rest of the week for you. Right? And for all my online friends, thank you for watching today. But next week, make yourself here. This COVID thing is over, guys. It's political. It's over. It's behind us. You know, the word Omicron is the German word for this is it. It's over. The German scientists that found this last strain named it. It's over. It's over. It's behind us. Praise the Lord for that. So don't let nothing hold you back from here. Pastor Brian, if we have to do two services here, we'll go to two services here. Until we get the next place. We'll, we'll just, come on. We'll rest in heaven. Let's work for the Lord. It's the, you know, some of you look at me like, yeah, you're not here to work. We've done it for years. We've done it for years. We've been part of mobile churches for eight years. We set up every morning at 6 a.m., every morning at 6 a.m. on Sundays. We know what we're talking about. You know, whatever it takes to get people into the kingdom, keep the Sabbath day holy. And then he says these other words, and he says, you know, honor your mother and your father. And I love what Colossians adds to it, that it may go well with you. And then the next one is, uh, thou shalt not kill. I'm not brave enough to kill anything. I mean, I'll go hunting with you, and I'll sit there on that deer blind, and I'll put up with whatever you're doing over there. But I'm not, probably not going to shoot a deer. But you give a gun to Vanessa, oh yeah. I had a dream one time that she had her pink 9mm she was making me dance. Pa 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 pa. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Can I tell you men and women that are mature enough in this place, if you even look across the office building and you're smiling to that person and you have an evil desire to be with that person, the Bible says it's as if you've committed it. Keep your eyes clean. Don't let your eyes go. Your eyes belong to your wife, and that's it. Punto, asunto, arreglado. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. Do not cover your neighbor's goods. This is a list of things of what things not to do. You know that these commandments were written 3,500 years after the first Adam. Jesus created the heavens and the earth and he used words. But when it came to the sixth day and he created man, he got on his knees and with his bare hands and with the humidity coming out of his tears of joy of creating you, he made clay. God made you with his hands. What I love about this, this knowledge and this thing about the Lord is that these, it took 35 years to find 10 wrong things we should not do. 
And you know what? Those wrong things are the same today. What happens if you murder now? Well, I mean, it depends on double jeopardy law in Texas. You know, I mean, it depends on passion of law. I mean, blah, blah, blah. anyway, if you murder right now, where do you end up? You end up in the big house. It's punishable by death or time. These laws still exist. They're there for us. They're there to keep peace. These were given because of humanity's reasoning and humanity's proof of living. And, and it took 3,500 years for somebody to write it on a tablet. And matter of fact, if you study the scripture, the first tablet's broke. He had to rewrite it on another tablet. But it didn't change the message. The message was the same. Things that we shouldn't do. You know, the root of all sin is always selfishness. Those teen, 10 things will be, will be embraced as good and, and, and you sleep through them whenever you feel that yourself is more important than anything else. The root of all sin is selfishness. But we go to the New Testament. And Jesus is asked in Matthew 22, 34, and he says, Hearing that Jesus had to silence the Sadducees, Pharisees, and got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? How many of you know what, you want to know what the greatest commandment is today? I can't remember ten, but I can remember one. And Jesus says these words, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Trying to sound like Malachi. (laughs) Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he adds this and he says, With all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Then he puts a pause there. He says, and the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then he adds this power punch at the end. For all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. But even before remembering the second commandment, let's talk only about the first commandment. The first commandment comes with this weight. And it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Repeat this after me. Say, mind, heart, hands. Say this with me. Mind, heart, hands. It starts right here in the mind. And then it comes down 18 inches to the heart. And then it tells 24 inches later what to do I'm after three things today I'm after that your mind be changed that you won't think like that anymore I'm after getting your stinking thinking cleansed you know what else I'm after today I'm after that your heart That your heart would be purified. That your motives would be better than they've ever been. I'm after your heart that needs to be cleansed, purified, and if it's of stone, to become a heart of flesh. But I'm also after this thing. What you do. What your hands do. Let me start with the mind. The scripture says, as a man thinks, so is he. 
Sir, if you look in the mirror and you see a, a, a failure and you don't even have to say the words, but you think it, guess what your heart's going to do? It's going to collect everything to make sure that you're a failure. And then your heart starts telling your hands what to do. Fail, fail, fail. Guys, can I tell you right now that the scripture says whatever you put your hands to will prosper? Can I tell you that the scripture says you are like a tree planted by living waters and everything you do prospers? Oh, can I tell you that God is greater inside of you than any circumstance, any economy around you? Because God wants you blessed. But it starts right here. It all starts right here. Do me a favor and fancy me for a little bit. Put your hands over your head kind of like this. I'm not going to move till everybody has a hand on their head. <laughs> Babe, there's a couple of guys right there that aren't doing it, but I'm going to wait. <laughs> Father, we give you our minds. We give you our minds. We're too quick to judge. We're definitely too quick to hate. We've seen things. We've allowed things in our head. Father, we've, we, we've regurgitated, we've rehearsed bad, evil, nasty things, Lord. Cleanse our minds. Say these words. Father, give me a new mind. I want the mind of Christ. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a hunger to be a clean person in my mind. Now take those same hands. And put it over your heart. I know you've been hurt. I know that should have never happened. I know that they should have never abused you. I know that they should have never cursed you. And there's things in your heart that you said I'll take to the grave. Why don't we ask him to clean our heart. Say these words after me. Father, cleanse my heart. Whatever is stone, make it flesh. Give me your love. Give me your forgiveness. Give me your peace. I belong to you. Father, I pray that my heart would lean towards you and only forward in Jesus' name. Now I want you to put your hands like this. Not as a sign of surrender, but like a funnel. Did you hear that? Like a funnel. We're going to ask God to give us everything that is ours. That these hands would attract. Father, I pray the blessing of creativity. If you created my physical being with your hands... Let my hands be blessing and create blessings for my family and others. Bless the hands. Bless the fruit of my labor. Father, give me opportunities to be a blessing. For it's in Jesus' name.
Amen. You know, Jesus found himself attempting to negotiate with Heavenly Father. Can I tell you that the promises and the covenant that God has for you. I was reminded of a story that I heard face to face with one of my mentors the other day. I was watching a YouTube video and that thing was like two hours long. <laughs> I'm, I've got 18 minutes in me. I don't have two hours in me. But I, I, I sweated it out and I saw and I was reminded of something that the guy on the YouTube had mentioned to me years ago. And he says, the children of God always ask him for furniture. We're always asking the Lord to give us furniture. But the Lord gives us trees. He gives us forests so that you can make the furniture. We need to change our prayer, guys. Not give me this. Give me the ability to have that. Does that make sense? If you want that, I want you to raise one hand up to heaven. If you want God to give you that discernment, that creativity, raise your hand in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you see every hand lifted. We're not looking for furniture, but we are looking for trees. Show me the forest. <laughs> show me the forest, Lord. I can do it. Just show me the forest. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, there's a lot of hurt in here. There's a lot of hurt in here. Let me give you a personal testimony about hurt. My daddy left our home when I was three. And I, the last thing I remember is not hurt, like physical hurt. It's a memory. The last thing I remember was my father going through the house and him using a boot and telling me to get out of the way. I'm not saying he was abusing me. If he was, I don't know. I was three. What do you know at three? But it's a memory I had. And it's a memory that the enemy used for years. For years. When I was 18 years old, my roommate, his name was David Rodriguez. And he lived about 10 miles from my father's address. And he says, the first weekend of, of Bible school, he says, we're going home. Mama's going to cook for us and we're going to wash our clothes. I says, wait a minute, I'll go eat your mama's food. But can she please wash my clothes too? He says, I will work it out. So we went home to Corpus Christi and about 10 miles away was my dad's address. You know what? He took me there. I went to the door and I knocked. And my dad had something going on, some kind of social thing going on. He had people in his house. Everybody was laughing. Everybody was happy. And then he came to the door, and he opened the door. And you know what his words, first words out of his mouth were? I don't have any money. And I'm thinking, I'm not here for money. I'm here to tell you that I forgive you. I'm here to tell you that I don't know what happened. It wasn't my fault. I want to get to know you. But the words coming out of his mouth were, no tengo dinero. And I told him, come outside. And later he told me, I was, I was afraid to go outside. I was thinking maybe you were going to kill me. And I'm thinking, really? This is, a <laughs> this is a face of a murderer? Really? 
fast forward I had to initiate the healing I didn't have the luxury of waiting for someone to grow up in the Lord ask God for forgiveness and be led of the Lord to come to me an 18 year old young man and ask me for forgiveness and some of you have been waiting for that to happen it's not going to happen sweetie it's not going to happen. You're going to have to approach the situation and say, Father, I forgive. I release. I forgive. I release. You know, I'm 57 years old right now. I don't have time to feel like, oh, my dad left me. That's why everything is not right in my life. Are you, I don't have time for that. God is so good. We are so blessed. But it took an act of forgiveness. And if you're waiting for that person to come and knock on your door and say, Perdóname, don't waste another moment. Right now, let's get this thing rolling. Let's rock and roll. And let's get some forgiveness happening so that you can have the best of your life ahead of you. All right? Anybody here feel like you need to do that today just raise your hand you need to just forgive hmm? come here come on let's have fun with this I love forgiveness come here if you're raising your hand come here thank you for joining us and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry without you none of this is possible if you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.